You are now listening to Broken Line Podcast, presented by Fish Addictions TV. Broken Line Podcast is sponsored by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear, 13 Fishing, Coles Resort of Bemidji, Minnesota, Caps in Glenwood, Minnesota, Aaron Eichhorst Photography. All right. Here we are for another Broken Line podcast. My name is Patrick, and Aaron is currently busy with a birthday party, but tonight I'm really, really excited to have my first ever musky fisherman in, and this gentleman's name is Kevin Cochran from Bemidji, Minnesota. Kevin, introduce yourself a little Uh, bit more. My name is Kevin. I've been guiding in Bemidji, Minnesota, Bemidji Cast Lake area for, um, I think, 2019 marks my 15th year. Um, I've probably done at least 1,200 trips. Um, you know, I've, I, I kind of got started musky fishing, um, you know, in the late 90s. And, and just from there, it just, just kind of overtook my life, basically. <laughs> and uh, I went to college up here in Bemidji. Okay, you're originally from? I'm from Indiana. I moved okay. to southern Minnesota. Um, you know, after high school and all that, and then um, uh, moved to Bemidji. Oh, well, I fished. I, let me rewind. I, I fished in southern Minnesota um, a little bit. On uh, I guess I kind of got my uh, got my fix on French Lake and Faribault way back when. I worked at Cabela's. You know, this is going okay. back almost twenty years. So, um, and soon after, I, I moved up here, went to college, and immediately as soon as I moved here, I I, I bought a boat. So, uh-huh. bought a boat, and I mean, I have always had boats, and I lived on a lake when I was a kid. Um, so I've always been attracted to uh, to fishing and, and that lifestyle. So right. uh, bought a boat immediately. I uh, sold my. I had a little Lund. I sold that. I moved to um, well, um, moved up here. I bought a, a Tuffy in Essex because that's what all great uh, musky fishermen. So you you start were already you were already into muskies prior to moving up oh, here. Oh yeah, yeah. I was okay. I was hardcore. I was. I mean, it, it took over my life. You know, before I moved up here. Right. Let's so. talk about that one quick second because mm-hmm. I have some friends and I know quite a few musky anglers. And what's always fascinated with, you know, fascinated me about you guys. Not to single you out or anything like that, but you guys are. I, I think of you as a different breed of fisherman. Sure. And these guys. Do not fish for anything else mm-hmm. from June first to December first. Mm-hmm. It it what what is it about muskies that just draws that draws you in? That like okay, this is it. This is what I want to invest my time, money, effort into. I w- you know I would say it, it it's something to where if you want to be good and you you want to um, you want to catch fish, you want to catch a lot of fish. You know, really, I mean, time on the water, time on the water. And, you know, back then I had a lot of time. I, uh, I, uh, at that time I wasn't, um, I wasn't going to college yet. And I just really just one summer, I just really, uh, I just devoted pretty much an entire summer just to musky fishing. But, but that allure, I guess that allure to the possibilities, you know, what's going to happen on your next cast, what, how big a fish are you going to see, right. you know, and, and, you know, seeing, seeing a, a giant fish, a 50, 50, 50 to two to 54 inch fish, um, 
you know, it, it does something to you. It, it really does. And, I, yeah. and, and I've sat around and, and I've thought about it for a long time, and I think that's what it is. Whether whether that fish commits to the bait that you're throwing, but I, I really think it starts from the moment when you see that mm-hmm. that fish rise or follow. Sure. I, and and I've talked to a couple of guys, and they said that's what did it for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you're you're working hard, you're throwing, you're throwing, you're throwing. All of a sudden, you get that follow, and, and it didn't bite. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, this is my new addiction. Right. And you know. Way back then, 20 years ago, I was so fresh. I was so new. You know, I thought, you know, you just don't know. You don't know exactly what to do next, you know. And I think that whole game in figuring out how to catch fish, um, figuring out what to do next, um, you know, learning specific tactics for when and and just everything that surrounds surrounds the pursuit – I, I think that that just really got a hold of me. Yeah, I I look up to you muskies. Like I, I've only fished muskies a dozen times. I think I've mm-hmm. talked to you in, in Destination about it, and, and that was on the, the Mighty Big Fork, mm-hmm. which is really fun, but it's a completely different style of muskie fishing. Um, and I've caught a couple, and I th- it's it's fun. But I always what I what I gravitate towards you guys mentally and the mental game of it is you guys are hunting giant fish. You're hunting the biggest fish of that species that swim, and you guys have gotten really, really good at figuring that out. But, but again, you're you're up against the fish, you're up against its instincts, and mm-hmm. that doesn't sure. always play out. But you're able to locate these things, and I use those same those same type of, of tactics with off the water. You know, you guys are I could probably ask you right now what phase the moon is in, and you're going to tell me, perhaps. Well, uh, well no, winter I'll, I'll isn't your you game. W- winter, I, you winter, know, when you it comes it to off, winter, right? I shut I shut that. I don't look at my moon phase chart. I don't look at my uh, my moon phase apps that I have. I don't look at my weather apps. Right. You know, I don't I don't ice fish. I, I was don't, just going to ask you. I don't think you ice fish, do you? But I'll tell you what. You know, if I did, I would follow that moon chart religiously, and, and I would in my moon apps. And yeah, my, I just watched a clip on YouTube from uh, Angling Buzz, and they were talking to all these ice pros about moon phases. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that I've really never dove super deep into. I kind of, oh, it's a full moon. Probably sure. be a good fishing time, but mm-hmm. don't know nothing about this new moon. Moon rise, moon set. Sure, That's something sure. that I'd like to learn more. But when it comes musky season, you know. Oh, Like, yeah, we know yeah. the time of the day. You're like, yeah, the moon is in this phase. It's going to rise here and sure. set here. Yeah. And I just find that fascinating. But mm-hmm. that's, to me, some of the tools that every fisherman, no matter what species, should be should be paying attention to. And that's where I admire your guys' dedication to the craft. Yeah. And and I think like those really intricate details such as, you know, moonrise, moonset, moon overhead, moon underfoot. You know, I think those were especially in tune to those because you know what? You might only have one shot that day at catching a fish. So you want to put all those odds in your favor. Uh, You want to fish at the exact time that that, you know, that you think you should be fishing, basically. So, um, you know, I look at that stuff and I I. I I designed my entire summer around it. So. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> you know I, I I don't know I'd like to I definitely like to sit down with you more and learn more about the what happens on these moon phases mm-hmm. and and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so back to just we're gonna get back to what we're doing right now. You, sure. you don't you don't ice fish. No, I don't. Just <laughs> never had a. Um, you know, it's just it's it's just a time in my life where I've always been able to decompress from fishing so hard in the summer Mm -hmm. and then also maybe take a vacation and and you know get into uh like like um just just doing things more at my home or with friends you know that i just haven't had a chance family members that once june rolls around june july august september october november you know that's all that's my life i'm fishing yeah you're cut off from the that's it (laughs) i'm cut off from everybody right yeah yeah. it you're just Yep. Yeah, I don't think I, I think I the first time I saw you was at Holiday Gas Station one summer. We were paying for gas, and I, I don't even know if you recognize me or not, but I just I saw your truck. Okay, you know, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, Kevin, how's it going?" Is that my my old red the old red the truck? Old red truck yeah. yeah, the old red truck, and uh, I could tell you were you know it was summertime. It was like oh, probably I'm, working I'm, on three hours of sleep. Working on three hours of sleep, looking for your next your next grind for your clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many clients do you usually run? Um, you know, I usually do anywhere from I've been you know uh, like one ten to one twenty roughly. Okay, a lot of repeat. Yeah, and and I've got guys you know I've got a handful of guys that'll hire me three to eight days a year. Wow. So, but you know, then I do get some like this time of the year when I have an open book, I'll, I'll get clients from new clients that, that have never hired me. Okay. Um, you know, there's, I would say roughly, you know, 120 a year. Okay. Days. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a pretty hefty load for what I consider a short season. What is it? It's June 1st to December 1st, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. And that, uh, I suppose, man, once you get into late November, things start to really slow down they client wise yeah uh, no no no. i i um, i actually role. i could book every day in november so okay um however we're we're limited um you know it, it's gonna it, november is very dependent on weather i've had to cancel a lot of trips in the previous 15 years just due to um due to weather in general as far as um you know the wind the wind will push ice up to up to you know certain accesses where it'll just make it impossible to fish right um so that being said you know you have plantagenet that freezes that that access bay freezes right away in the yeah fall. it's pretty shallow so, back there yeah, yeah. You, you know you're looking at three feet you know up to probably 400 feet out even yeah um so that that gets frozen right away um and the north access there is impossible to launch at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a buddy that he put his glacier ice house out there. He, mm-hmm. he wor- I work with him, and and he was yeah he, he asked me he's like why does everybody come through here and they drive all the way to the north end of the lake and he goes there is an access up there. I said from what I've heard in the wintertime even that that access mm-hmm. is yeah not accessible <laughs> you got to get a i mean i mean a 16 foot with a roller trailer I yeah think, i think it's doable yeah. i know a guy that got a 17 foot um in with a roller trailer but he said that was an issue it was oh, yeah. i've never launched up there so you're saying it's pretty shallow it's shallow really shallow, shallow sand way goes way way out yeah. yeah i got a buddy that lives right there next to the access um brett and he um yeah, I've been up there a handful of times, and yeah. even before I get to his dock, it's it's you know, like a foot of water. Yeah, so. uh, it's that that lake is pretty cool. I, I that's one of my my lakes that I really want to spend a lot of time on in the summer. I like I said, I don't musky fish, mm-hmm. but 
um, there's some nice fish to be had in there in other flavors. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard some stories of my my one of my favorites the last few years, rock bass. There's some giants in okay. there. Okay, um, yeah, I, I see. I see quite a few rock bass up on the, up on the rock, the rock spine. Yeah. See, now that's part. how anglers need to work together. Yeah, you know that's. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I got back into like bullhead fishing. Sure. Guys like Jason Rylander, you know, I was talking to him. I was like, man, when I was a kid, I used to go bullhead fishing and. Man, it'd be fun to go catch something. He's like, here, go to Lake Julia, dude. Yeah. All you want here is, I caught him here, here, and here. And, oh, my God. I'm That's getting awesome. him almost 20 inches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. like, thanks, man. They don't care, you know. Right. Nobody yeah. cares yeah. about those other things. Yeah. But I've been out there walleye fishing. I'm not a walleye fisherman much either. But, mm-hmm. but I've been out there in, like, October. I mean... I caught a ton of walleyes, and that's yeah. that's how easy it was. But yeah. it's just a neat lake, and it's one of those lakes around here that kind of sort of doesn't get talked about, but it yeah. gets fished. I, I think for muskie, it gets pounded hard. It, it's very yeah. – yeah, it gets no, – it's known for that, but, like, just overall general chatter, you mm-hmm. know, like that lake chatter. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the guys that go to Plantan are the guys that go to Plantan, and that's it. Yeah, but you know, it's, you see a lot of pressure from Hubbard County. Um, you know, people that live in Laporte, um, Park Rapids, even you yeah, know, some Leech Lake guys come over and yeah. fish it. So, gotcha. mm-hmm. um, so do you do you ever fish down on Leech or anything like um, that? Or? You know, I do casts, casts, Bemidji, Plantagenet. That's okay. kind of my three. That's yeah. that's what I do. Uh, I do cast maybe. Oh boy, it, it's it's really dependent on the year, but. I do cast quite a bit. I would say the majority of my trips are out there, um, you know, because I, I like big lakes. I like uh, I like having room. Um, you know, it's, it seems like if you go to Bemidji Plantagenet, you're fishing the same five spots that you've yeah. you fished for the last 20 years that everybody fishes that, well, you're, I guarantee you're going to share this spot with at least three other people tonight, you know. Right, and I was going to say it in just talking with – fellow musky fishermen or other musky fishermen and stuff and this is same thing over on the iron range you know the few spots that mm. that have muskies over there it seems like the same core group of guys are same for are fishing for the same mm-hmm. 35 fish yeah you know um um especially like lake vermilion sure you know i know some guys that go over there and fish um there, there's another one that the Iron Range is just a weird place in general. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get a lot of. It's not on that spotlight in the fishing world, mm-hmm. so to speak. But um, I, you know, I, there's there's guys out there that just that's all they do is grind on muskies or try to. Anyway, oh, yeah. have you ever fished over that way? You know, I've I've uh, I've never fished Vermilion. Never fished, yeah, I I've, say, and like, I've never I've never really had um, the desire to go over there and fish. Okay, at all. I you know I I do lake the woods a little bit here and there. I uh, I really I, I I like you know I like the lakes around here. Um, I've been to Pennsylvania, Indiana, of course, um, Ohio. I fish in Ohio, Iowa, Wisconsin, Kentucky. But, uh, never Kentucky. Okay, no. I was when I was living down there, and muskies were starting to they were starting to plant them in there. Okay, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in uh, was it buckhorn? I think is one. Sure. Of them. Yep. Yep. Um, it's the one I can think of off right offhand, but and of uh, course, Cave Run. Cave Run, that's yeah. the other one. Green River. Green River. Yep. yep. See, I lived in the eastern part, and that's where those lakes are. Okay. Um, I was really close to those. It, again, Kentucky's majority it's bass fishing, but the muskie seemed to be getting a little more attention down south. 
Yeah, and and really, you know, it's there's there's uh, there's definitely uh, you know options down there as far as uh, northerners that want to extend their their season. We got another. We got a, we got a third guest here. <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin's dog. What's your dog's dog. name again? He's uh, his name's Drogo. Drogo. Yeah, he's, he's a, a little, sweet pup, little uh, maniac. But <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't unplug any of our mics here. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, if good. not, you know, we'll just plug them back in. Right. So if you hear subtle chewing in the background and, and bottle caps and whatever, <laughs> it's just him yeah. rustling around, acting crazy. Yeah. So you just you just kind of kind of a homebody, just yeah. In the in the winter, I you know I I don't do much traveling, and you yeah. know I I really I mean it's 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 a legit it's it's a grind um, in the summer months fishing, you know and. And I did a trip with um, uh, with Matt Brewer uh, this past year, mm-hmm. and he took he took a, a group of guys out, and we were working with this big bachelor party. So he had some guys, I had some guys, and then um, and then Steve Nosbich had had some guys as well. And um, of course, Matt, not being a predominantly uh, you know a sole musky guy, right? He, he was the guy that caught the musky. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's for you. yeah right. Yeah. So he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, so he's awesome. I and I think uh, that gosh, what was it? The night before or the day before we fished with them, we got a fifty-two and a half, and then and then uh, so I had um, that. No, no, it was that day we got a fifty-two and a half, but I didn't have that group out. So they wanted to do a half day on like a Friday and then a half day on a Saturday. So we got a fifty-two and a half on cast on Friday, and then I think. Um, well, I didn't get anything with that group that evening, and then we had the same group the following morning. We didn't get anything that morning, but uh, but we did catch one. We got a forty nine and a half like nice. that night. So, yeah, you know, I mean they were kind of sandwiched in between uh, uh, some big fish, but we didn't. Um, yeah. Uh, where I'm going with this is that um, um, actually I don't know where I was going. With <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I do actually. Um, so. Matt and I were talking afterwards. He's like, "Oh man, you guys, you guys, you guys do this all the time. You fish super late, and then you, uh, then you get you like sleep for four hours, and you wake up again and go back out." I'm like, "Yeah." I said, "That's yeah. what we do." I said, "You know, we fish typically like four and a half hours in the morning, and or five hours in the morning, and then uh, the same in the evening. So mm-hmm. we we break the trip up. So we're you know fishing prime times. We're not fishing, you know, in my opinion, like dead times unless well, there's weather moving in." I think. <clears throat> would part of that be fair to say that you need a break? I mean, you're chucking oh, pound, one pound yeah. chunks of rubber, yeah. and you need a break. I mean, the little bit I've done it, <clears throat> even last summer, mm-hmm. you know, I probably spent two hours chucking chucking a Medusa. I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I need gym time if I want to play yeah. this game. I mean, it, yeah. it's you're you're hot, you're using rather large equipment. It wears on you, you know, oh, and sure. your rotator cuff and, I mean, just everything, your back and your knees and, and everything, it just wears on you. Um, but, you know, he, where he was getting at was it's just grueling, you know, and it is. It's, it's, a, it's a grind, and anybody that's been doing it for a long time will tell you. It's, yeah. You know, it's But it's that hunt for the big. It is. That, yeah. that just keeps you going. And, you know, for me, it's not necessarily for me. It's for my, my clients. I... I put them in a position where, you know, they, um, 
they get all of my attention and they get the shot at obviously the fish and I'm there for them. I'm there to help them and to, to yeah. take them out and tell them exactly what they're doing and maybe if they're doing something wrong to correct that. Um, but, you know, my goal is to make them a better angler, you know, with me in my boat and then also, you know, outside my boat. Yeah, well, the, so. it's funny you mentioned that because uh, you made a phone call earlier today to a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Paul. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. at the shop when you, oh, when, you? Okay. When you called. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a boat that he knew of, uh, yep. 621 with a 300. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said to say hi. And he told me a little story. You know, okay. you guys uh, fish muskies together quite a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, I remember the first time I went out with, with Kevin. Uh, I'm at the front of the boat, and I'm just hawking. I'm hawking blades or rubber or whatever he said yeah. it was. And he didn't hear much. He looked back, and you were just kind of sitting there looking at the graph and running the trolling motor. And you'd cast five times, and you'd sit down and rubbish through your bag for a half an hour looking for a different bait and mm-hmm. maybe sit there and stare at the graph and paul's like does he even like to fish <laughs> but i i see where you're coming yeah. from now well there was yeah there was a, a couple big fish right where right where we were casting and I, th- I think that time he ended up catching like a 48 with me but um but you know i i wanted him to catch the fish yeah. and you know and you know my goal is not necessarily for me to catch it and i want to put him in a position to where he catches it i I of course still get crazy excited you know (laughs) when i do catch big fish and or any fish whether it's a 45 inch or 55 inch um but you know it's my entire goal is just to make sure that that they are on fish and and they're doing everything that i taught them to do basically um and i mean Paul, he was doing everything great. I mean, he could use a little work on his figure eight. But <laughs> oh, I wonder if you'll hear this. Well, he's just like, ah, if I don't see him, I don't. Yeah, I don't see him. I'll just pull a bait. I'm like, whoa, hold on, Paul. So let's just take your time, do a big, nice, big circle. And yeah. Especially at night, he's not a night. He wasn't. He's not a night guy. So I had to, you know, um, not train a, a, an old dog new tricks, but. Uh, but I just had, had to, to fine tune hey, it perhaps well, a little I bit. Mean, yeah, we're fishing late at night, and these these things happen. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I just fish them how I want to fish them, and, and I say I understand that. I yeah. said, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I've been out on Lake Bemidji before in the summer, mm. trolling for walleyes, which mm. is really fun. And we, you know, when that last plane comes in, that's when we get off the lake. But on a quiet weekday night when there's not a lot of traffic, I can hear. Musky fishermen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. throwing big baits. Yeah, like, yeah, and they're you know, um, you know, they're two hundred yards away. Oh yeah, you know, and you can yeah. hear them out there, yeah. and you just see these little red and green dots floating around. Like, yeah, doubtful that they're guys. walleye fishermen. They're musky yeah. fishermen. If you just listen, mm-hmm. you can hear them blades whistle through the air, and you can hear yeah. it. It's it's it's. I always just like, man, you know what? It's dedication. Yeah, it's dedication. That's. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. Um, one of the things that seems to be a hot topic, and it doesn't matter what species of fish, but I really wanted to ask you about how do you think, because the muskies used to be the, the fish of 10,000 casts. Sure. I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, right. You know, um, and I, I, where I'm going with this is I want, I want to get your opinions on 
the advancement of technology okay and how that's how you think it or how you see it or how you think it's impacting the fishing industry positively sure. and sure. or negatively um, you know, I, I would say, obviously, obviously it, it, it makes my job a lot easier when I have yeah. side scan abilities and, um, but what you do with those, with, with those, that technology, it really, um, it really kind of determines, determines, um, how good of an angler you are. Um, you know, for example, I could see fish following on my side imaging that, that you don't see with your visual eye. Um, also I can see fish buried in weeds that you wouldn't see with your with your visual eye as well, um, along with rocks and really anywhere sand flats. Um, but, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, um, if you're, if you're, that fish just won't bite. Okay. Well, um, I guarantee you that that fish, if it's going to bite, it's going to bite uh, within five or within 10 minutes of the moon, right? You know, like specific conditions. Yeah. Like I know when that fish is going to bite, if it's going to bite, I know when it's going to bite. And there isn't, I think a lot of people think that, okay, well I fish for that fish at this spot right now. I hear my dog rum, rumbling around right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he's chewing on. I'll take a look here. Yeah. But I, uh, you, can you keep know, going. I, I think that it's just it's um, you know it's just it's just really it doesn't really make sense to me fishing fishing for fish that that typically okay well you don't see those fish with your with your eye but you see them with your your side scanning and I can tell you for sure this is a muskie without a doubt so um, and then you're casting over oh it's it's not going to bite and then you just get up and leave well okay well. You know there's a fish there. Why don't you go and try to locate another spot with a fish so you have a couple options? Right. Instead of, like, just giving up on that spot, um, you know, maybe fishing that spot thoroughly. Okay, well, there is a fish here. I'm going to mark it, and then I'm going to um, – I'm gonna I'm gonna move to another spot, look for more more fish. But I I, I think you know just from um, that technology standpoint, I think there's too many people that are that are need that immediate gratification to say, okay, well this fish isn't gonna bite. Well, you know what? I mean, you better be back there at a very specific time. If you're not, you're not gonna catch it. Right. So um, I, I do think that there's there's people that just that maybe obviously that don't spend as much time on the water as, as a guide or a hardcore angler that doesn't know those specifics. Um, right. Uh, 10,000 casts. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't take that. Um, you know, I, I fish natural lakes such as casts and, and you know, that has a higher density than say like Bemidji. Um, Bemidji is a low density fishery. Uh, there's big fish. Obviously the size is larger there. <laughs> Somebody wants some yeah, attention. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, with that, you know, there's definitely a lower density. There's, um, I don't don't even know how long ten thousand casts would take. But I yeah, I better I better come through. You know, I better put my client on a fish. That's kind of what I'm looking at in a day trip. I want to put a client on a fish. Right. So and I would assume that when somebody hires a musky guide, they they're already well aware that it's not going to be like a walleye type bite where sure. you could get 25, 30 fish, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and you know, my, I, I can almost tell you exactly where I'll be on what specific day in 2019, just by, 
you know, looking at my previous 15 years of guiding, looking at my log books, my calendars, and saying, okay, well, these days around the full moon, I'm going to be on this lake. Um, this this day or these this week, for sure, I've got to be here. And, you know, just kind of bounce back and forth. And that's what I do a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, my clients kind of depend on that. They depend right. on me to have the knowledge to put them on fish or or not on, maybe not even on fish, maybe just to show them exactly what they should be doing and when they should be doing it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, you better, well, I have to be on my game. So right. I, I oh, yeah, for sure. And, for sure. It's and, a- it's, and it's so specific. Like the days that I fish Bemidji, I fish them not because the other lakes are not, not going, because I planned it months in advance to fish Lake Bemidji. Right, um, right. Same way with Cass, same way right. with Plantagenet. I could tell you exactly when I'm fishing all those lakes because – um, all of my books tell me that all your data. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're not and you're, you're not chasing schools of fish, right? That's you're, yeah. you're chasing an individual fish. I'm, I'm chasing the apex predator. That's, that's feeding on schools of fish, right? Schools of tulipies so it's a completely and different game. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had one eighth of your discipline for log books. <laughs> oh, yeah. I try and I used to, when I was younger, mm. you know, I, mean, I still love fishing as much as I did back then, but mm-hmm. Kevin, when I get home, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to take a shower and go to bed. I'll, oh, I hear you. I'll, yeah. I'll log it tomorrow, and it seems like tomorrow never comes. But yeah. Yeah. I was going to do it this winter, but I didn't, and I'm going to do it this spring, mm-hmm. and I'm only going to hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that log, I mean, definitely a guy in your position where, like I said, they're, they've hired you for the apex hunt, sure. the apex predator yeah. hunt. Yeah. They already know in their mind. That's why most of them, on average, they they hire you for two days, three days. Um, I would say at, at least a full day. I like to do a couple day trips. Uh, specific times around like full moons, I'll try to convince them to do two or three days because I want to, you know, put as much uh, in their favor as I as I possibly can. Right. So that being said, you know, and I'll say, well, you know, we catch a lot of fish around this specific time. I say, you really want the best bang for your buck, you should go for two days. Right. And this almost sounds like like an elk hunter or an sure. elk, elk sure. hunting guide in yep. New Mexico. Yeah. Hey, man, this is I know the season is this, but during that season, you're going to want to come on these days because mm-hmm. this is your best chance mm-hmm. at a bull according to my data. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's a very – it's much different than your standard walleye guide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or trout guide even. And I would say, like, if you see, if I'm really struggling for a few days there, you're going to see me on a bunch of different lakes. So, okay, right. so if I'm like, oh, this is not working, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do something else. Right. But so many times, you know, it's, it's like a funk that almost affects like the general area, you know, like, like it could be a, a really hot spell in August that just kills everything. Um, which I found this year was it, it got right. me for like four days. I was going to so. ask you about that. Now that you bring that up, <clears throat> um, there are those hot weeks, a couple of weeks in the summer, where I've heard that musky fishermen just they kind of hold off; they don't even want to go uh, mm-hmm. just because it's so hot, and the chances of those fish not surviving a battle. Mm-hmm. is great is that something um you know i would i would definitely say that um 
you know, down south, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen hot water temps, oh, man, up here for maybe four years, four okay. or five years. But, I mean, if, if it did, if water got super hot and it was dangerous, then I would say, okay, well, we got to take a couple of days off. Right. Um, and I've done that quite a few times in the past. But it, it seems like maybe once every six or seven years you might have that issue. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of times if you're fishing at night, the water temp does cool. Um, if you get a, a, a really strong wind, it does mix up that water temp. Right. So, um, you know, and especially like with casts, you won't see casts get above 80 degrees. Right. And I don't even know when I did or if I even have. Right. So, you know, I can always go out there and, and catch fish and do really well. How um now invasive species, zebra mussels, mm-hmm. is that affecting you out on casts? And, so, and I, yeah. I guess they're in Bemidji now. They are. So um, Rusty's have been in... Yep. Um, Gosh, I don't know how long. I think 20 years or 21 years has been in cast. Paul was just telling me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And him and I were talking a little bit about it. Um, in addition, I was talking with uh, Tony Kennedy, who's the late large. I don't What's he know. into? I don't. Oh, he's just eating foam right now. Oh. Okay. We, we can stop that. I mean, yeah. can tell him. Hold know, on, guys. That. We got to. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Okay. Eating foam. Yeah. More, that's more just ripping things up, I think. Yeah, 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 he's definitely not chewing her down. No, yeah. We'll be all right. So uh, with the uh, – okay, so the Rusties have been in cast maybe um, 20 years. They've, they're well established in there. And um, then the, uh, the zebra mussels. So the zebra mussels came <sighs> – I don't know if we're on the maybe the seventh or eighth year of zebra mussels. However, within uh, uh oh, hey, Drago, <laughs> yeah, a dog that is hell bent and destroying things right now. So, um, you know what? I I did bring time out. Hold on. This little magical thing right here. This is uh, the dog. It's is a shot collar. So. He must go have, over and see Dad. Yeah, he won't. Uh, he won't. He won't mess around too much anymore. Um, He's headed your way. <laughs> good. We'll get back to the zebras here in just a quick second. Mm, what are you destroying? So, uh, zebras have been in cast for maybe, gosh, seven or eight years. And, um, you know, one thing that I've noticed with that is um, there's a such such an increase in rusties, and I've noticed that over the last few years. And, and Drogo, no. <laughs> and that being said, you know, I didn't really know why. And, and um, you know, it... Like things made sense when I when I talked to Tony Kennedy. He's a large lake uh, specialist out there. Yeah. Um, so he said that uh, that uh, the uh, the zebra mussels have have obviously they they filter the phytoplankton yep. and in their ex their their um, they excrete uh, you know just all sorts of nutrients and they kind of basically take that entire energy flow and they put it 
at uh, at the uh, the floor of the lake, which is which is pretty crazy. Um, so that being said, you know what lives in the floor of the lake, the rusties. So rusties, as in rusty crayfish. Rusty crayfish. Yeah. There, there, there has been just an absolute explosion of rusty crayfish um, here in cast the last three or four years uh tony was talking about um you know they were getting gill net pulls of rusties that totaled around 400 you know of all the gill nets of every gill net um and now they're getting in in just specific gill nets one specific <coughs> gill net they're getting they're getting um you know over a thousand and then, wow. then he said that you know what it's just we just stopped counting because we're getting so many um and and you know he just said that hey that that energy that en- energy flow has just been diverted to the bottom of the lake and and they have and they have free range now and they the the rusties were in uh, tom's harbor primarily um uh allen's bay the channel and those those kind of soft bottom areas that had that had a lot of weeds and and now <clears throat> you're seeing you're seeing them all over hard bottoms out on the main lake. You're seeing them, um, you know, on the sand flats by I don't even know what. They're not even in thousands. They're hundreds of thousands, millions. You know. Right. Um, now these rusties then they, they 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 mow down vegetation. Correct. They will just destroy every piece of weed in that main lake. And you know, for the first time last year, just a second. What is my dog doing? He's gonna go chill. Go lay down, buddy. <laughs> so, um, for the first time, for the first time um, last year, I fished Cast Lake, and and we there was no weeds. There was no weeds in the main lake. Um, you know, usually I fish pond weed. I fish a lot of pond weed on top of sand flats. Uh, those sand flat pond weed um, beds are absolutely devastated. There's not a single strand there. Um, the, the break line weeds, there's none. There's hmm. absolutely none. So, you know, uh, Tony attributes that to uh, um, the zebra mussels and the um, um, rusties working and, you know, basically working together to, you know, alter that lake. And, right. And that energy flow getting pushed down to the bottom of the, the lake has created an explosion of rusties. So, right. So um, in terms of musky fishing, then, now, no re- weeds, are these muskies over time going to relate to different structure have you planned that out um yeah I, I know exactly where they are um and i have really specific areas um you know not related to anything really um it's it's pretty crazy they're definitely deeper fish right now i was just so, gonna say um and and another thing that that i will say out there is um you have a lot of fish that in my opinion um are nomadic they they roam they don't. They don't stay. There's nothing on specific structure that anchors them to that structure. There's no weeds left, so they can't bury in those weeds um, to uh, to find uh, you know to to prey on other fish. Right. So you see a lot of um, you see a lot of um, you know nomadic fish. Uh, very very strange out there. When I get follows, we've got about we've got about a maybe a five minute window or so to catch that fish. So, and in my opinion, what happens is, and I see them, I see them swimming all the time. I see them, um, swimming parallel to break lines. I see them swimming parallel on top of sand flats. They swim, you know, they're, they, they are not, they are not, uh, you know, sitting fish. 
Interesting. They swim. So you have a lot of nomadic fish out there that cruise brake lines and sand flats. And um, basically they they just... um, they, they swim. That's what they do. Yeah. yeah, I've often wondered if some of the biggest muskies in, say, Cass, uh, Bemidji, some of your bigger fish, and I've always had this theory about the biggest fish of that species is mm-hmm. a completely different model of fish. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Where I've often wondered, geez, you know, in, in, in at any given moment, has anybody ever tried any downrigging? You know, trying to find a school of tulabies, because in my right. head, I, I picture some of the biggest muskies or pike even, you know, yeah. latching on, you know, and just going up into the school, grabbing lunch, retreating back to school to digest and just follows the schools of tulabies around. You know, I think they they do and some bigger fish do as well. But however, there's really specific times that when those big fish will push up shallow. Right. So, and I've, and I've learned over the years, okay, like this certain time, those fish, um, those fish push up shallow and they'll be in these key locations. Um, is that primarily then a night bite in the summer? Like, is that what you're out there? Be. You it know, to yeah. me, it seems like your bigger fish are going to want cooler water right? and just cooler overall temperatures, even if it is just a few degrees. Right. Slide up shallow. You know, and, you know, and bury, them, bury in those weeds to, you know, soak up the oxygen and help digest their food. Yeah. Right. Very, very distinct possibility. And I think that, you know, you probably could catch fish trolling all summer. However, with warm water temps and an establishment of thermocline, where you're going you're gonna to have is you're going to have fish below the thermocline coming up for baits that are above the thermocline. Or even, even at the thermocline, you will be bringing those fish up regardless. And um, that being said... What you're going to have is you're going to have, um, you know, you're going to have fish with a bloat. You're going to have fish with with expanded air bladders. And you know, I've done it. I've way back when I've caught fish that have gotten a bloat because I was out there trolling, uh, not necessarily when I shouldn't have been, but I, and with water temps under seventy for sure. Um, but I think they came up under the thermocline, and there was an establishment of that, and, right. and then their air bladders basically puked out yeah yeah so. yeah i kind of deal with a similar thing on a smaller scale when i'm fishing crappies through the ice sure. you know 40 oh, yeah. feet of water absolutely they're yeah. down there 30 feet and i still use a one-to-one reel because i try to reel them up as slow as Super i can slow yep take my to time help that to help that disbursement yep take place yeah yep. but just to protect the fish you know yeah um, yeah it's kind of a heartbreaker when you mm. Pull up a big trophy crappie and oh yeah, bloop, <laughs> his air bladder's hanging out, yeah, yeah. or his eyes are hanging out of his head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I've had a a handful of fish get that bloat, um, but I don't think I've had any that have died. Um, you know, I've I've been with a couple of fish that were like, oh man. It's kind of iffy, right? Know? But right. I mean, of course, if you're a trophy trophy angler, you're going to end up killing fish eventually, um, unintentional. Yeah. So, um, you know, that being said, it's it happens. And yeah. if you just if you if you were in the wrong and you were doing something incorrectly, then you, you know what you'll learn from that mistake. If you didn't have the correct tools or you're using a tactic that that is dangerous, hey, you know, be more prepared next time. Yeah, even though these fish are can be gigantic, they're very very mm-hmm. delicate. They are, yeah. Um, especially when the when the fight is on. I know you guys want to keep it short. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. Get them in, unhooked. Yeah. Keep them in the water as long as possible. I mean, that's a lot of muscle. It builds up 
lactic acid pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've, uh, I can't remember who was telling me, but um, he believed he had a muscular one time. It had a heart attack. Sure. Just from the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big fish. And I think it was uh, Templin was telling me that mm-hmm. when he was back in the day when he was musky fishing. Sure. And, I, and and it also has a lot to do with where you're hooking the fish. If you're anywhere, if you're in the tongue, it's dead. Oh, really? You're buried in the tongue, yeah. Um, the, Must be uh, a major artery or something. Is. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the gill arches where all the gills meet, you know, it's you're going to have issues too right there. Right, um, right. You know, there's some definitely some trouble areas. I mean, eyes, of course, are bad, but, you know. But they can live through that. They can live through that. Right, uh, right. Yeah, the vital thing is the, the gill arches and the tongue, without a doubt. Wow. Yeah. That's, this is awesome because, I mean, mm-hmm. just the detail. And I, that's why I was really, really excited to have you come in here because I know how detailed you of an anglers you guys are. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's completely, it's totally fascinating. Yeah. Now. Yeah clients who what what's the furthest somebody has come to fish with you um ireland england really um yeah i posted a guy the other day on instagram that um that he was a russian um oh you know what i think i saw that i yeah. think that's why i asked you that question yeah um gosh a lot of europeans swede the swedes are big big Okay, we had a little power surge or something there. Yeah, or it could have been the dog could have been. going crazy and <laughs> under our, our feet but and hanging switches. I think that's switches. why I asked you that question. Uh, yeah. I did see your post on Instagram, and he was from Russia. Russia, yep. Um, gosh, I've had, uh, you know, uh, Italy. I've had, I have had numer- uh, a handful of groups from Italy that hired me for one group was 10 days the other group was eight days so yeah so i've done i've done trips like that um but usually i do get once every year or two i'll get europeans that hire me from numerous days opens up another question um i take it they don't have musky opportunities in europe no no they have giant pike they have giant pike yeah, so the Baltic they just Pike. To come over here for a different. They're you know a lot a lot of those guys right a lot of those guys are pike fishermen. Yep, I would assume so. And you know, I would prefer if they had little to no fishing experience. You know, coming coming from really any any anywhere, so I could teach them exactly what they have to do. I've had pike fishermen that I that have hired me from Europe. Um, you know, they thought that. They wanted to use their baits. They wanted to use their pike baits. And I kid you not. And they wanted to do this and do this. And I said, no, we can't do that. And I said, when you see a muskie, you can't, you know, like feed it to them more or less, you know, like a like really slow retrieve and um, try to, I guess they were saying, try to trigger a strike. Well, what triggers a muskie strike is usually speed. If you're throwing a bucktail or if you're throwing, you know, some kind of a bait, they want that speed. They want that, you know, that that uh, that big circle next to the boat. Um, so, it, you know, if they are hardcore pike fishermen, it's kind of tough to break them out of specific habits. So, yeah, because I think if that makes any sense. Well, yeah. being that they 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 don't have muskie opportunities over there, sure, I would, they're probably assuming that they behave just like a pike. Right, because they're the same shape, they're just a different paint job. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, they're a completely different monster. Mm-hmm. So speaking behaviorally, right, right, know, right. Um, that's interesting because yeah. you know, 
I, I have this fascination with outside of the United States and Canada, mm -hmm. mostly Europe. You know, we've got they've got those European yellow perch over there. They get up to six, seven pounds. Mm -hmm. um, for years, I've followed uh, these articles on the, the biggest pike in the world, Switzerland. Oh, Canada, sure, yeah. Italy, um, all that crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that's and just the the overall attitude or the way they go about fishing over there is completely different it is yeah yeah it's, uh, and it seems like they do a lot more trolling than than you know like my pike guys were doing a lot of trolling and um and a lot of the tactics just they're they're not the same you know right. those pike are a colder colder water those big baltic pike those big italian river pike they're they're definitely a colder water species and and they're just totally different tactics, but That's uh, interesting. but I, I you know I I love their enthusiasm and and I uh, I, I the language barrier sometimes is an issue. Uh, uh, actually, the Russian he he came over um, and he um, he brought a translator, believe it or not. Oh really? He did, yeah. Wow. So he he, he paid for a translator, you know, room, stay, board, all that um, um, to come with him. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. dedication. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is. So yeah. have you had any offers to go over there and fish pike? I have from those clients. They said, hey, you know, if you ever want to want to do this, you know, we can for sure get you in. And it's just I haven't. I, you know, I, and I really don't have – I am just I am just so into muskies. You know, I'm not – I'm not – I don't want to expand a whole lot past that. So that being said, I'm I'm really really fo I just narrow my focus on muskies, yeah. um, you know almost I will exclusively it's all I fish for, so yeah. It's that's kind of weird <clears throat> that they don't have muskie opportunities over there, especially right I mean, you right. Would think Finland, Sweden, Norway for sure. Mm -hmm. they're, you know they're kind of like straight across from us almost. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it's definitely just a North American. Fish. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Alaska does not have any. No, they got big pike. Yeah, they just got pike. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. muskies. You know, I, and I, I would have to, uh, to look back at, at, at some older books, uh, but I thought I once read that they did try to bring muskies over there, and something just wasn't correct. So, yeah. I know they, they've tried to bring Xander over here. Sure. There's a lake in North Dakota that has Xander. In that, it. that it actually does have Xander. Yeah, okay. yeah huh. it's just one lake and it's an experimental type thing. Yeah. But uh, I know a lot of us ice fishermen, we just get big eyed over these six, seven pound yellow perch. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, just, absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. People, we got people driving out to Idaho right now just to catch yeah. 15 and 16 inch perch. Oh, wow. But can you imagine 23, 24 inch perch? Right. You know, yeah. They're, now, they're a different species, but they look just like ours. They do, yeah. Now, they consider them kind of a trash fish or whatever over there, but... They do, yeah. I guess that attitude is kind of sort of changing. And mm -hmm. people are starting to realize that, like, wow, these are trophy fish. You know, and, and, and you know, which, which has never changed here is people that view the carp as a trash fish over there, highly sought after, you know, they... fish. Absolutely, yeah. I've yeah. seen... In, there are some there are some groups and some guys around like uh, Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. We got the carp rigs, thirteen, fourteen foot rods. Sure, yeah, yeah, very delicate yeah. stuff. Uh, it's I love I like that high detail, different different yeah. style of fishing. It's, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. I was telling you we got a picture here from Jay mm -hmm. Siemens. 
And uh, it's funny. He this was many years ago before uncut angling became super huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a phone call from him that him and uh, Luke remember Luke Fear. Okay, sure. The really yep. early yep. days, he was in uncut angling for a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in town and invited me to jump out in the boat. So I was living downtown at the time. I was in college. I jumped in Jay's boat and mm-hmm. chucked. Uh, Chuck some blades for muskies one oh, after, yeah? or one evening with out him. on uh, Bemidji. Or out on Bemidji, yeah. Nice. They they yeah. never fished it, and they were coming through town, yeah, and wanted to fish it. And That's I awesome. said, "Well, I don't muskie fish, but I'll go. I'll hop out there with yeah. you." And yeah, yeah. I got to. Uh, that was my first introduction to a tranks. Okay, and yeah. I was a bass guy. I've always been a bass guy, kind of. And that was a large bait caster, and I felt <laughs> I felt like I never. Cast it because it's so big, sure. With the muskie, yeah. the rod, and this big tranks, and mm-hmm. felt all awkward. And mm-hmm. it was kind of, I only took maybe four or five casts. Oh, that's your guys' that's game, good enough. Yeah, just kind of yeah. hung out with them. But yeah, what uh, we had left off, I, I was gonna talk to you about this state record muskie. Okay, I'm kind of a fish book nerd. Um, mm-hmm. I like to look at line class records, state records, mm-hmm. Minnesota master anglers, and stuff like that. And one thing that's always fascinated me is our state record muskie supposedly came out of Winnie. Sure. Don't ever hear of anybody fishing Winnie for muskies. Right. Mm-hmm. Haven't since I was a kid. Um, did you, do you think it came from there? Or do you um, think that that was... I think, it's, I think it's more than likely it did. You know, there's so much controversy, controversy surrounding that that specific fish okay from what i've heard see i'm outside that whole musky world so yeah and and you know i think it it happened so long ago that it's it's just more or less forgotten and and it it just keeping fish doesn't really jive with our mentality no so that's why you see uh the malax guys that have caught giant fish that have caught fish pushing pushing 50 pounds um and even more you know that maybe even mid 50 pound um that's why you see those guys they they release them you know oh yeah for sure absolutely Um, and i and i've caught some fish that have been around right around 50 pounds as well that i mean i don't want to really say that uh because it it was was not weighed but i've caught a lot of fish that have been pushing um knocking on that door not a lot but yeah i'm just curious is you know you would think that there'd at least be some guys and maybe there are some guys out there fishing muskies but i just don't hear anybody talking about musky fishing winnie or cutfoot right right i'm sure they're still in there yeah oh yeah and i just find that interesting that nobody'd really go over there and Mm -hmm. start throwing some some big baits around. Yeah, you don't see, you don't, uh, you don't hear about it. There's, there's guys every year in the Frank Schneider that fish it that they catch fish. So, Interesting. obviously, there's, there's fish there, and um, it's just, it's not necessarily on my radar. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's so easy for me to, to drive. I think I'm, I'm really spoiled to where I can drive 13 miles to the east and be on cast. I can drive, you know, nine miles to the east, be on big. Um, Little Wolf, uh, Elk, I have, uh, you know. That whole chain's got them in it, right? That whole chain does. Andrewsa. Yeah, Andrewsa. Yeah, Andrewsa. See, I fish all those things. I'm fishing for burbot. Right, yeah. yeah, (laughs) And I can't do it this year. Yeah. Can't do it. The the lakes are The lakes are just too too sketchy right now, aren't they? There's 30 inches of snow and 
two feet of water underneath yeah, that yeah. snow right now. There's so much weight on top of that ice. It's just pushing water up. Yep. Guys are getting uh, ATVs buried out there. Um, a friend of mine had talked to Tim Humphreys. I don't know. Do you know who Tim mm-hmm. Humphreys is? Mm-hmm. He, uh, is he a, broke an axle a, on his... A bear guide as well? Bear and pout, okay. yep. Yeah. Um, broke an axle on his uh, tracked ATV, trying to get it out wow. of the slush on wow. calves. And he guides for pout, and he can't get sure. anywhere. So the next month and a half, you're nobody can do the, anything. The best bite is happening yeah. right now for yeah. Burbit, but yeah. you can't really get out there. Huh. Yeah. So that's the drawback. I mean, so, nice so what's, so what's I, um, like what's with walking and pulling a sled? There again, you know, you got to deal with 30 inches of snow yeah, and true. say a foot yeah, of water, yeah. and if you're walking, you ain't going to make it far. <laughs> How are you gonna, what are you going to go, 100 yards maybe, and then maybe. be just spent? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure, you, wow. with waste ten yards, you're gonna be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going home. It's not worth it. It's way easier to watch Netflix and go. Jeez, I wonder if the powder gone tonight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's, and then if you if you can get to a spot, as soon as you drill, water just comes up that hole, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, inside your fish house is all flooded out. Sure. Your feet are soaking wet. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not fun right now. Yeah. And we're getting more snow yet, but. But yeah, I've, I've often wanted to ask you about the the state record. State record, yeah, and and I don't. I, I've heard different stories about it on how it's not legit, and you know how it was sandbagging, and it's all speculation as far as I'm concerned. And I, I don't. You know, I don't know. And and it was it was caught in a time when you know records were records were not what they are today as far as specifics and and just the the details to it and and just i would say just more or less focusing in on the accuracy right um, was that record in 1940s something like that yeah some same time i think our state record pike was 1940s okay somewhere in there too and that was a basswood Mm -hmm. up by the bounder waters yeah Yeah. and that is 45 pounds wow not inches that's insane and nothing has ever come close to that in these waters ever. No. Um, <clears throat> and what's the story on that? Do you know, is that is that verified? I mean, don't know. That's what's yeah, just. It's in yeah. our synopsis book. Sure. Um, I've now in my world, the panfish world. Um, our state record came from Alice Lake, Hubbard County, just south of town. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it on the map. I've driven to it. It's all private. Um. I've asked some people that have gone out there. Mm-hmm. Nothing but pike and bullheads. It's super shallow, but it is there is a river that runs through it. Um, don't know. Don't yeah. know if it really came out of there. Yeah. And the reason I say that is if I had an opportunity, and I, I'm going to be careful on this because I don't want to label myself a liar, but if I caught a state record bluegill out of some... 200 acre lake mm-hmm. or 500 acre lake for that matter. Um, and I wanted to register it as a state record. I would probably say it came out of leech. Sure. Just to protect the fishery. Sure. That's it. Just, you know, especially a small body water like that. Um, my theory on the bluegill is that it was caught somewhere around there, mm-hmm. but that lake was given because one, it's private. Well, back then it probably wasn't in the 1940s. It is all. So it was in the 40s then. Yeah, it was, it was in 1940. Okay. I want to say 1946 or 48. Sure. That record was caught. 
you know, it's two pounds, 13 ounces, mm-hmm. um, which is a giant. But I could see, you know, and I don't know if they had that mentality back then. It could have come out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, blue um, bullheads and northern pike are something that I look for in a creel census if I'm hunting for big bluegills. Okay. Um, bullheads. But you said bullheads and pike? Bullheads and okay. pike. Bullheads um, give me an indication if there's lots of bullheads that it's got a real muddy bottom. Muddy bottom means there's lots of invertebrates, bugs. Sure. Um, a lot of food for bluegills. Pike. A lot of pike to keep that herd small. Mm-hmm. And only the biggest will grow. Mm-hmm. You know, the, gotcha. it keeps that population because bluegills can stunt so quick. Um, so those are the two things that I look for. So, I mean, it's got the classic, mm-hmm. my classic mm-hmm. build for growing big bluegills. But then again, you know, like I said, if I caught it this spring, I'd probably say it came out of Leech Lake. Mm-hmm. It's a large sure. body of water and there's no reason it couldn't have. Right. But just to protect a small fishery, I would probably do something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, um, goes through my mind because that's where my fishing has kind of has kind of evolved over the last quite a few years. Um, I'm, I'm into chasing records, chasing big fish. Sure, not even to really kill anything, but just uh, line class or not line class, but like uh, master angler, master angler fish. Um, I mean, I'd love to catch state record fish. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've kind of devoted my time to. Trophy hunting, which in some aspects of the world is a dirty term. Mm-hmm. Um, they always think we're going to kill something, but no, not with today's replica right, artists yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, unreal, right. unreal. Right. Some of these guys, uh, um, Jimmy Lawrence down in Iowa. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with? I've seen some of his work, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost better than Mother Nature mm-hmm. herself. It's incredible. Um, yeah, so I've, that's why, you know, like the whole moon phase thing, I, I need to – Get that into my game, sure. learn it, start paying attention to it. And I think that would just give me another tool, you know, oh, give me absolutely. another, another absolutely. advantage. Yeah. And I think I would apply to any big fish of any yeah. species. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's so, you know, I've got, if you look at my 2019 calendar, I've got um, Moonrise, Moonset. I have the majors on my on my calendar. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I, I, I have a really good idea of, uh, of when we're going to fish on a specific day four months from now. You know, um, that being said, I also, um, you know, I'll, I'll pay attention to, um, to the weather as well. Barometric pressure dropping. There's something coming in. Okay, well, we're going to fish this specific time. Gotcha. So uh, I've got an idea, but, uh, but definitely weather kind of p- comes into play. And, oh, yeah. For sure. Now, <laughs> we just got done talking about ice. Muskie closes in Minnesota on December 1st. Sure. If it didn't, would you would you muskie fish through the ice? No, I don't think I would. Especially not, after your long grinding summer? That, and, and I think it's it's it would be pretty hard on the fish. You yeah. know, pulling it out of the water when it's, you know, in the teens. I mean, not, not even in the teens, uh, but, you know, below zero. Yeah. You're going to have well, possibly have some issues. So. Oh, for sure, especially with, <clears throat> with a big fish like that. Mm-hmm. I know um, even in the panfish world, when it's below zero, it's in de-hook quick. Sure. I mean, we're watching the fins and the eyes. And oh, yeah. you got to get those suckers back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another reason why I fish inside of a flipover a lot. I'm not one of them outside guys. I'm old now, man. I like mm-hmm. to be comfortable. Yeah. I'm a I'm a two hole I'm a two hole Johnny as they say. I'll drill mm-hmm. my couple holes on my spot on my spot. I like to chill and relax. 
<clears throat> be warm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I never thought of that. You know, mm-hmm. pulling a 50, 52 incher, you know, minus five out through the ice, that'd be. Yeah. And so much of what people, well, what people were doing, you know, we didn't have a closed season. It, it was, it used to, well, it used to be open until like Pike closed. Okay. So way back when, um, I know when I first started up here, you know, this has gone back 20 years. Um, there were guys, when I fished French Lake, there were guys that would just slaughter fish out of there in the ice, through, through the ice. You know, they'll put um, um, a big sucker minnow, like a 15 to 20 sucker minnow, um, right under the ice. There was always muskies cruising that 60-foot hole out there, and and they would cruise right under the ice eating the crappies that would blow up air bladders. Oh, from, okay. You know, and, yep. and then houses upon houses stacked on top of each other out there, you know. Um, so there's, and I'm sure there's quite a few crappies that would come up with blown up air bladders and fish were were eating those crappies. And, um, sure. So Easy guys, guys, guys got smart and said, well, I want to catch those muskies, so... Um, let's put some big suckers down. And I saw, oh boy, I saw quite a few big fish caught. Wow. I bet I saw at least 10, one year over 50 caught and killed Yeah, out there ice fishing. Um, so I think, I think with, um, you know, maybe, maybe you would have people that would musky fish in the ice during winter time only, and they didn't have the same mentality and ethics as a summertime musky angler would. Um, you know, for, such as just putting a big sucker down, maybe even on a single hook. Um, Inside of, then, a, of a, the big pop-ups now where sure, it's warm yeah. and the fish could be handled safely. Well, I, I think that you would see, you would just see more people that would, that would, uh, you would, you would, over time you would see more, more of an issue with people keeping fish, number one. Right. Okay. Um, on safe handling. Um and you know possibly gut hook fish as right. well yeah that that's not my thing uh, no yeah no, i want to i, I want to be able to catch them next year and the following year right that's right thing. yeah yeah um i know um through various posts it seems to happen i think it's in michigan they're allowed to spear spear muskies spear sure. muskies and mm-hmm. but it's it's to me i the what i've read into it it's very similar to the spearing of uh sturgeon in Wisconsin on the Winnebago mm-hmm. chain. It's a very short number. Short window. and Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I think some of those guys put that stuff on social media just to get a rise out of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's and certain, it, and it certain lakes they can, they can spear on. Obviously I'm not a fan. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that, that spear muskies in Michigan. Yeah. No, I think you're allowed to spear pike on, Cass, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I remember growing up. I grew up in a spear in a spear house. My dad mm-hmm. was a deer hunter, and it seemed like deer hunters. That's what they did in the winter. It was because it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You just sit there and sit there and sit there and wait mm-hmm. for the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, though, <clears throat> if a lake had muskies in it, they weren't allowed to spear it at all. Usually, yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wonder why that's changed now. Um, you know, I was involved in a lot of that way back when, um, you know, this is going back 10 plus years. Um, you know, it, it's, it basically changed because of dirty politicians and, um, you know, uh, 
Cast Lake Times, falsifying falsifying information uh, such as online polls, and then Alan Olson from the Cast Lake Times would give this information to politicians and say, "Hey, we want spearing, you know, open back up in Cast Lake, and we want this to happen, and we have all these businesses behind us." Um, you know, so there was a lot of a lot of just underhanded things that took place. Now, I'm not saying that that opening up spearing, um, you know, destroyed the fishery, did anything, any large permanent damage. Because it was to still illegal to spear a muskie. It's still illegal to spear a muskie. Right. Yeah. But you know, where the DNR closed spearing of um, of uh, the Castle chain, including Pike Bay. Um, and Andrew and, and the entire chain, um, <clears throat> they closed that because there was evidence of muskies being speared. Oh, so the, and I mean, this has gone back to early '80s or maybe even late '70s. Right. I believe eight, for some reason, like '82 sticks in, in my mind. Uh, so there was a lot of that going on back then, and um, there was basically a big war. That was, you know, the Spears versus the Muskie guys back in the early 80s. And that kind of created a divide, you know, up until. And I, and I really, I think things have kind of smoothed over since. And, yeah. and like Muskie guys, they don't hate Spears because, you know, a lot of Muskie guys spear and vice versa. Right. A lot of people that spend, yeah. spend time spearing, they Muskie fish. Yeah. And if you spend time spearing, you'd definitely be able to tell yeah. the difference between a pike and a Muskie. Yeah, and you know, on the other hand, I've caught a handful of muskies that have been speared. Okay. So, um, is that done by one person? You know, very. And, and I mean, it's it, regardless; it's illegal, right. and it doesn't matter what that person is doing, um, whether they're poaching deer or. And I'm sure that that's kind of the same person that would poach deer, that would spear muskies, that would, you know, right. run the run the gamut of doing illegal things. Right. So you can't blame. The spearing the spears as a community. No. However, um, through legislation, um, the spearing uh, uh, officers, the uh, the Minnesota Dark House Association, mm-hmm. those those elite handful, um, they contact uh, homeowners on lakes that are being proposed for muskies. So so. Um, what they're doing is they're creating a divide amongst spears and muskie fishermen to this day because what they're doing is they're testifying in Senate hearings every year. They have a lobbyist, um, and you know they're working um, to reduce the number of potential lakes stocked in the state state with muskies. So they're they're basically right. working as hard as they can to stop the stocking of muskies and also to i mean there's there was bills in place by <clears throat> by the the minnesota dark house association their their elite uh, officials that um you know they wanted to be able to spear muskies so right and <laughs> and and i kind of followed that whole that musky stocking controversy mm-hmm. um i kind of followed that along Going back to spearing, when I was a kid, just about every hard house you saw was a spear house. It, it's still hanging on by a thread, but there's there there isn't the number of people. Yeah, you know, spearing as there once was. They and they need to elect people that are 
that can drop this whole issue and can move on and you know and and can 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 separate the muskies you know from from their concerns and then they shouldn't even be worried about muskies because guess what you can spear on any lake now you know i mean there's no spearing bands right um so so why can't this be dropped you know yeah, why 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 do they have to take their effort and their lobbyist money and direct it towards uh the uh, the stopping of muskie stocking Right, you know, which is insane. That yeah. it is, it is crazy. Now they speak for a very, very low percentage of people that spear. That that upper echelon, uh, right. Minnesota Dark House Association. They speak for probably about ten of their friends. Gotcha. You know, you know what I mean. I mean yeah. Because I mean, yeah. really, like, why why would would they even be concerned in 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 musky issues? Yeah. There shouldn't be any concern about it. No. Because no. there's no scientific data that's ever showed that muskies are harmful no. to, to any lake. Well, and that's what system. made me laugh with this whole muskie stocking deal. And it goes into the into our into our government buildings sure. for a vote. You know, and these people are, oh, they're, you know, they'll bite kids. And I, I just sat yeah. back and laughed. Yeah. You know, I, you know and I've, I've actually. And why I've, the muskie was this portrayed as this wolf. Yeah, you know, and I've I've crazy. spent time I've spent time in the state capitol testifying at these hearings, um, and and it was it was just it was just it almost seemed like life or death back then, you know. And this is going back ten years. I worked at uh, Cass Lake uh, as a I taught um, in Cass Lake the elementary school, um, so. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't know at the time, but I was testifying against uh, the secretary's husband, who was a longtime spearer, um, you know. And, of course, there was a lot of things that came into play that, you know, being, which should not have. My my involvement as uh, a co-chair to the Minnesota Musking Pike Alliance um, almost cost me my teaching job. So um, it was kind of crazy way back when. And the mayor, oh gosh, what is his name? He recently passed away. I can't remember. I don't even remember. The mayor, um, the mayor met with the superintendent, my principal, and demanded that I be fired. Um, so it, it was <laughs> it was insane overfishing because you know I thought that. Um, you know, the whole spearing thing, I thought that I sided with the DNR and so did the, the Minnesota Muskie and Pike Alliance along with uh, Muskie Inc. Muskie Inc. is an organization we, um, you know, we testified that, hey, you know, spearing, spearing was put into place because there were people that were spearing muskies, you know, in the Cast Lake chain and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we testified that that was the reason and, and so on and so forth. Um, so um, I was viewed as like public enemy number one right. by the, uh, the the little town of Cass Lake. Um, and, and uh, you know, only there's only maybe a, a dozen people that, that thought this way. However, they went at extreme lengths to try to get me fired. And, um, you know, there was, there was things like I was advised to by a police officer to take the decals off my my truck um oh and i was i was you know and and i mean um 
the gosh uh, I'm, I'm just this is going back 10 years and I haven't, yeah. I haven't really uh, so uh, there were quite a few letters to the editor at how you know I was detrimental to the businesses of Cass Lake because spearing was this this golden opportunity that uh, for them to revitalize their their community but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and I'm not speaking against dark house sure. regulars, yeah, but yeah. it's not a renewable resource that and and it, there's so few uh, of people that actually do, do it. it. There's not going to be any kind of a gold rush, you know. There's not right. going to be anything like that. Um, so I'm like, well, you know, we side with the DNR, and really that's about all we have to say, you know. And uh, so, you know, since I was testifying against the, the secretary's husband, she quote unquote forgot to put in a sub for me that day when I went down to the state capitol. Oh, um, I mean, there was a Damn. lot. There was yeah. a lot. There was a lot of little things like that. Right. And then she claimed, of course, that I didn't put in for a sub when I had to go through my emails. and I found it and actually did. So there was a lot of things like that. And then, um, um, oh, gosh, what was it? Um, you know, just the letters to the editor and all those. It, it was just kind of crazy. All those letters to the editor that were written mm-hmm. about me and musky fishing in general. Um, there were a lot of them. Um, they were pulled from, you can't find them anywhere. I have hard copies and that's it. They were pulled from online. They were pulled from Cast Lake Times uh, archives, everything. Wow. That entire thing. Because I think there's so much corruption um, with with the newspaper as an organization. And I think that, that there was so much corruption with um, with local politicians as well. Um, you know, and, and, and really it was, it was just something that they just wanted to turn a blind eye to after, after it all was said and done. Wow. You know, I um, did not know any of that. That yeah, is, yeah. that is, that is straight crazy, man. Yeah. So um, there, and there was a, and that, and that was my first year teaching. Um, and, um, you know, it was, it actually got to a point where they said, well, if they don't renew your contract, you got to hell of a lawsuit you know because there is this this um this outside thing that is that is taking place that would right that would influence their decision on rehiring you which which has no bearing on how you are as as a worker as an employee are you you're not are you still teaching there now no no i taught there one year okay yeah yeah okay yeah where do you teach now i i've taught at jw oh okay bemidji ever since um Still elementary. Elementary, yeah. What, what grade? I teach kindergarten. Kindergarten. Kindergarten for ten years. So. Man, that'd have been cool if my daughter was here. She yeah. Had for a absolutely. Yeah. Well, my daughter loves. She. Just I met. Turned I six. met her at, at uh, destination that one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just turned six, and she loves to fish mm-hmm. when she gets a chance, which is in the summertime. Sure. I only have her for like a week and a half or so in the winter, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have. I mean, she goes. She lives in Tennessee, so. She doesn't have the equipment for any mm-hmm. ice fishing activities sure, per sure. se. Yeah. So maybe when she gets older, you know, mm-hmm. when she doesn't grow out of clothes every fifteen minutes, you know, right. I'm like, yeah, yeah I got to buy another four hundred dollar ice suit for her. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot that you met her. Yeah, she. Yeah. That's when when she gets here, she's like, Dad, let's go to the, the bait go, store. Bait store. I want to look at the yeah. fish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So there's there's a lot of things that happen with that. You know, with that whole, just, uh, I guess the whole spearing thing in general that, yeah. 
that um now how long ago was it um because i'm thinking of another incident uh period of time here where politics got involved with just musty musky stocking oh it's involved every year um so but there was a real uprising yeah, like on, on social medias and was it was it two three years you ago? know two three, three years ago like the major outburst um yeah you know that's what i was referring to where people were saying oh you know yeah. they could eat my kids they could yeah. bite my kids and yeah there's a there's a guy um named harry miracle and mm -hmm. that's his real name that's not that's not like some kind of porn name or anything that's for real and uh, so awesome. he uh he he was uh i guess he just flipped out and he like went after people and like law enforcement had to be involved and wow yeah so um one of my really good friends uh, his name's aaron um aaron meyer um and John Underhill, they're the two co-chairs of the Minnesota Muskie and Pike Alliance. But I called, I blocked my number one time during all this this debacle, and I called Aaron uh, Meyer, and I pretended like I was Harry Miracle. And Harry we had Miracle. about this this half an hour conversation of me just going crazy and saying absurd things to him. Wow. And I and I mean we play, I played it forever, and he was so worked up. <laughs> yeah, I said, uh -huh. you know, this is actually Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys that's yeah. Yeah, yeah it uh i followed along with it i mean if it's fishing related i'm gonna sure pay attention to regardless it. of what species and yeah. if, it, if it's totally crazy it's almost like a soap opera right yeah i mean it's like uh oh yeah like men's uh kardashians or something i mean you know? growing up i my goal in life was to be a professional bass angler on the at the only time that was bass sure that mm. was it you know, I wanted the patch. I wanted to meet Ray Scott, go on stage, all that stuff. And I still follow it today. And, you know, the, we have the major league fishing in the bass. And boom, mm -hmm. there's this new circuit. All these bass guys go over there. There's so all this. The pros were making videos announcing their decision to either stay or, or go to major league fishing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a tournament angler. That's why I actually became a multi-species angler was... In uh, high school and just after high school, I was really into bass tournaments, local club stuff. And I remember it was, I think it was on Wabana over there by uh, Grand Rapids. Okay. And the fish just, it was 95 degrees. It was dead calm. I could not get bass going. Come across this bay. It was just loaded with big crappies, nice mm -hmm. crappies. Sure. I was like, <laughs> three hours into this tournament, I've got three hours left. I just want to fish crappies. Sure. Yeah. I'm done with bass right now. I just, yeah. And that just kind of rolled over. I just was talking to Paul today. I said, I think this summer I'm going to go back to my roots. I haven't, like, seriously bass fished in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go back and do that, kind of just start all over. And But uh, what I was getting at was just if it, there's a story in fishing, I'm, I'm usually trying mm -hmm. to read about mm -hmm. it. And some mm -hmm. of them are going to get a little get a little crazy and that that whole musky deal where that was crazy. they wanted to stock more lakes and create mm -hmm. more opportunities for musky anglers mm -hmm. and create some economies in some mm -hmm. areas where it could really use it and i'll tell you what if you put big fish in a certain area those musky guys will freak and they will spend money and they will buy every hotel room at whatever hotel and they will spend you know they will spend thousands and thousands of dollars to catch that fish Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and they'll come from, you know, I mean, we got guys coming from Wisconsin, from Illinois, from Iowa, from North Dakota. They travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I've joked around with Erica Destination, you know, just looking up at all this rubber and wood and brass hanging up there. And I'm just like, you know, I am divorced. And if I started musky fishing, I'd probably be divorced again. My wallet sure. would just yeah. get up in the middle of the night and leave me mm-hmm. from the abuse. I mean, it's it's not an inexpensive no. avenue of fishing to get into. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, it, which leads me into you know that whole part of musky fishing. Um, I've learned that there's the stuff you can buy at the stores, which is good. Mm-hmm. But then there's the back alley stuff. Sure. The, yeah. The the handcrafted the. Mm-hmm. I know a guy that knows a guy that has a knife that does really and like there's mm-hmm. this deep deep almost. Um, black market but not illegal Mm -hmm. i'll say that but this underground web Mm -hmm. of just custom handmade stuff that gets crazy there's a lot of facebook you know that that facebook marketplace aspect really put a lot of potential buyers and, and serious collectors um in contact with specific people that either make the baits or have access to those baits so you know you see baits going for Three hundred to eight hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not too uncommon. And that's been around longer than the bass stuff. Sure, um, bass the bass fishing world kind of went through a a swim bait phase mm-hmm. where if you didn't have an Armageddon three sixteen, which was five hundred dollars, it was a eight or a ten inch um, rainbow trout oh, swim wow. bait, and that's what they were catching. So these. this was a uh, like a like a plastic. No, it was uh, wood. They were all made out of wood. Yep. Handcrafted out of wood. Handcrafted out of wood uh, from a gentleman in California. Um, They realized that these bass that get into the teens, and some of them would touch Mm -hmm. 20 pounds, Mm -hmm. um, were feeding on these trout. Sure. And he designed and made this really cool uh, bait, and he started selling them, and he was getting uh, anywhere from 450 to 500 bucks a pop. Wow. And then that just kind of trickled over to more, you know, copycats and other companies, other guys making these big swim baits for lots of money. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of calmed down now, but, you know, it's not uncommon to to have a $50 swim bait in Mm -hmm. your bass arsenal, Mm -hmm. you know, just because people will buy it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. But, you know, when I look up at that wall, I'm like, what in the hell? does a medusa look like mm-hmm. what is it supposed to represent mm-hmm. in the water because that's just the the kind of fisherman i am you know it's like oh well this replicates a uh, bait fish or sure, this yeah. or that. i think for muskies it's just the moving water they mm-hmm. eat big big fish mm-hmm. eat big eat big bait yeah, yeah. big forage and big forage moves water you yeah know, at it, the same it, time you're looking at this water and they use their lateral line to hone in on that yeah, yeah and you look at this 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 specific bait i always pick on the medusa because one mm-hmm. the name is pretty cool too you look at this thing and it's it's got this torpedo head and these three giant tails coming it almost looks like an octopus mm-hmm. you know and i'm just like it's crazy i guess it yeah it's the whole lateral line thing and mm-hmm. i wouldn't even know how to fish it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh some of those baits are pretty wild um but there's some that just have stuck around mm-hmm. and you guys still use them you know you're Bucktails when Bucktails, I was a kid. Look at that. Joe Booker and Suick were about the only mm-hmm. musky baits that I was ever familiar with. Yeah, Suick still, they still catch fish. Yeah. Well, Suick eventually ended up making some smaller ones that were like six inch. Like bass. Like for bass, bass size, yeah. Yeah. And I remember having some of those. Yeah. 
I never wanted to throw the big, big ones, but uh, right, I had yeah. some of the smaller six-inch and eight-inch ones for bass. And mm-hmm. they had pretty cool action, but it's kind of cool to see those old lures from when I was a kid still being made. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, let's throw some classics. Mm-hmm. Have a classic tournament sometime. Right, just All using right. Suix. Suix and uh, bucktails. Right. You know, some of those bucktails have gotten pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. You guys have the best names. Cowgirl? Cowgirls, yeah. yeah. Giant. Yeah giant blades mm-hmm. on them and mm-hmm. wow some cool stuff man yeah some cool stuff yeah, it's interesting yeah it's just so unique you know and and uh, you know musky baits from jerk baits to top waters bucktails glide baits yep. you know, i used to i used to watch uh, bob mesa comer oh yeah and it was uh, a pose i don't even think poe is in business anymore right the jackpots giant jackpots giant there you go and those awakers too Yep, giant jackpots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pose was also big in the bass world. Rick Clun had a line of, of bass crankbaits. Mm-hmm. And what was cool was I think Pose were all made out of cedar mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and those, those things are gone now. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of cedar baits left, but no. um, pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, the, uh, the musky world has always fascinated me, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a... It's a it's something that I look up to, like I said, you know, your guys' detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your your guys' dedication to your dedication to the grind because of the passion for it. Just hunting that one big fish. It just yeah, it's, it's, I think about it when I go out and I'm even if I'm catching what you guys would consider bait, an sure. eleven inch bluegill. In my mind, that's equivalent to a fifty five inch musky. They're just they're there, but mm-hmm. they're pretty darn rare. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, Biggest muskie, you fifty fives. We got quite a few fifty fives that okay. my clients have caught, and lots of fifty fours, um, and of course, quite a few over fifty. Nice. Fifty uh, fives is where I'm at. Yeah, we've that's, got you know that's a big fifty five by twenty seven was probably the biggest fifty five. Maybe not even the the heaviest fish that we've caught, but it was. Yeah. Probably top and you three. guys, you guys, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. You you don't weigh muskies just because right. of you want to handle them as little as possible and get, get them, them back. back. Yeah, yeah. So and and that's why you, when you hear people throwing out weights, it could have been this, it could have been right. that. I mean, nobody's going to say, "Oh, that's for sure a 50 pound fish or a 45 pound fish." You know, and I'll say, "Well, it could have been this. Maybe it maybe it was close." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think my biggest muskie that I ever caught from the Big Fork when we used to fish when we were kids. We learned really quick that musky baits don't work up there on that river. Right oh, there. yeah, yeah. It's too yeah, small. Yeah. It's too small, and, and I think a lot of the forge, they're river fish, so I think they eat a little bit different than lake. They eat a lot of suckers. A lot yeah. of suckers, a lot of smaller suckers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was around 40, around 48, mm-hmm. which is pretty good size oh, for yeah, that river. For sure. But I just remember... That sucker being thick and deep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just from living in current. Just fighting that current all day long. They yeah. Get, they get big. But yeah. I'd like to go back and do it again sometime because we'd always put in a, either a Highway 1 or we called it the Busties Lake Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would float down for okay. a, like a day. You know, have to get out sometimes and pull the boat across. Oh, you know, yeah. It's ankle deep yeah. water and then back in. But. I think the the coolest part besides catching the muskies, we we 
every time we went, we'd see a black bear swim across the river. Oh, wow. Or we'd yeah. have otters, you know, puffing water mm-hmm. at us and barking at mm-hmm. us, like, get out of here, you know, my section. But it's, it's just desolate. It is. And I've always really wanted is. to float from, like, Highway 1 to the Rainy River. Yeah. You know, like, man, that would just and maybe camp a couple nights along the way and just fish that whole sucker. Sure. All the way in. That'd I'd be cool. Just, that would be pretty yeah. cool. But I've never fished from Highway 1 north up to um, the lake. What's the name of the lake that it starts out of? Uh, it I, starts I know with what you're D. saying. Um, yeah. I can't think of it right now, but, but yeah, I've never fished up that yeah. way. Um, I know when I was in college, um, you might know this character, Eric Tui. He, when I was going to college, he was a muskie fisherman, but fly rod guy. Okay. And we always swapped stories and information about the big fork. Mm-hmm. And he was the only other person I knew that fly fished it. Sure. Uh, my best friend back inside Lake, that's what he does. He fly fishes muskies there. Mm-hmm. Um, just has a ton of fun with that. And I would assume he, he would be in a boat, right? Yeah, he's yeah. In, in a little John boat. In a, in a John, and yeah. It's a little John boat, yeah. The, the Big Fork River is tiny. Yeah, I've, I've fished a handful of times. It's, yeah. it's pretty little. Uh, my, my muskie, I was in a canoe. Okay. I was yeah. in a canoe. And I think, yeah, and this my right arm was in a cast. I had a carpal tunnel and ulnar nerve transpositions. This arm was due for a month later. It was about a week after I had Oof. surgery. And I was reeling with my whole arm. <laughs> yeah. And right by the right by the boat. Topwater bait or? No, half ounce uh, bass spinnerbait. Okay. That's what we had our best luck with were smaller but larger bass spinnerbaits. Mm-hmm. And then um, I moved away, and my buddy kept fishing it, but he ended up building himself a fly rod. And he was like, well, I remember him saying one winter, he's like, you know what? I'm going to build like a 10-weight fly rod. I'm going to see if I can't catch a muskie on a fly rod. And it's consumed him ever since. He's got half a dozen fly rods that he's built for muskies, ties his own muskie flies. He just goes to Joy on Fabrics, gets the material. He's into fly tying now and stuff. And mm-hmm. It's just cool. It's very minimalistic. Um, he doesn't. He has no desire to go anywhere, but he goes and he floats the the big fork at certain times, mm-hmm. and uh, just has a blast with it. And they're kind of a neat looking fish out of there. They're kind of clear. Mm-hmm. Um, um, do we have tiger musky opportunities? Um, I've seen pictures of tigers out of casts. Oh, really? Um, I know a guy that because a tiger is a hybrid, right? Right. Between yeah. a bard and a clear, it, just a, a musky and a and a northern pike. Oh, it is. So, yeah. oh, okay. I thought it was between a yeah a bard and a clear. Hmm. Okay. No, no. So um, I've heard of I've I've seen pictures of um, tigers out of casts, but I've never caught one. Okay. And I think that that in where I where I see them being caught. Um, it's, it's not areas that I fish. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, just a main lake guy. I fished the main lake and that's almost primarily it. And, and I've, I haven't heard of many fish getting caught in the main lake. So tiger muskies anyways. Um, I have caught a tiger muskie out of little wolf lake. Okay. So now those are something that are planted, right? No, they're there. That's naturally occurring fish. Oh really? See now, I'm learning something, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I you thought know, the tiger up, up was here, a hybrid. 
It is. It's a hybrid. Okay. And they are planted in um, certain lakes. Up here, Cass Lake, uh, the Cass Lake chain, Little Wolf Lake, they've never been planted. So that's, so it's that's a natural, natural a natural, naturally occurring hy- hy- hybrid. Hybrid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, because I can remember um, there was a lake in Idaho that was very famous for big mm-hmm. tiger muskies. Like, we're talking mid-40-inch class. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiger and muskies. Utah, Utah. Or, no, got, yeah, maybe it was, U- it was Utah. It wasn't yeah. Idaho. It's got big fish in it, too. Yeah. yeah. Upper 40s and even 50s, too. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. That's pretty sweet. Well, let me check the time. Holy cow, dude. Two hours. Two hours. Wow. I think we, we talked on the phone and it's six minutes yeah. to your bedtime, yeah. sir. Right. It's, I go to bed at 8.30, <laughs> wake up at 4.30, hit the gym. Hit know? the gym. You got to hit the gym when you're throwing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, wintertime. Mm-hmm. Dedicated to socializing with other humans. Yeah, and I talk to people and I, and I sleep more than... Like four hours at once. You're just yeah. banking it for summer and oh, I love it. Yeah, I getting love the body in tune for right. long days on the water. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you coming in. Well, thanks for having me. I and we got to do this again, man. Let it was know. super fun. For sure. And uh, I don't know. I probably won't see you on the water unless yeah. I'm out on Cass looking for rock bass or something. Cass, uh, <laughs> I do fish planet and Bemidji yeah. some too. But uh, Why don't you uh, you can go ahead and uh, give your guide service a little plug if yeah, you like. Yeah, you and, bet. Uh, um, KevinCochranGuide.com. I've um, been guiding the area for 15 years. This is my 15th year. Uh, just muskies. That's what I do. Um, 507-456-9023. Uh, got a Facebook business page as well and a... Um, instagram page too so perfect check that out perfect yeah you guys want to get on some fish i would highly suggest they ring you up well thank you thank for you. sure mm-hmm. and uh one more question yeah. yeah do you ever fun fish for yourself um i do a handful of times a year okay but you know there's so many opportunities that that i pass because i you know and i truly i think to do what I do, you have to truly love, um, you know, more than anything else, socializing with people. Yeah. And you, for me, I enjoy, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy, you know, helping people. So I, I think that in itself, like I get so much enjoyment out of, out, out of my job that, you know, me, me fishing for, I guess, fun with, with friends, um, it might happen maybe like maybe like five or maybe five to eight times maybe ten times maybe ten times a year all right yeah maybe um so i just i just i i don't i guess i i enjoy enjoy fishing whether i'm with friends or with clients Mm -hmm. and if i can make money doing it i i do awesome so perfect Mm -hmm. perfect well before musky season opens i'd like to extend an invite into my vessel Oh, and absolutely. I'd like, to, I'd like to take you up north and get you wrapped up with a sheep's head. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I've taken some hardcore walleye guys, and they're like, oh, my God, dude, you got giant fish all to yourself. Yeah. And they're so much fun. So let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. For sure. All right, all man. Good. Well, perfect. I'm Patrick. And I'm Kevin Cochran. And this is the Broken Line Podcast. Thank you. Or listening to Broken Wine Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media 
like, share, comment, and subscribe.